for episode eight. Here we are. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. We actually released our podcast this week. We did. So if you're listening to us now, to you it's very old news, but to us... New so news. <laughs> we were recording for a while and we were like, we just meet up and record. We don't need to release We don't need to release. We, these can just go onto a USB and the USB can disappear somewhere down a well. Yes, and then we'll find it many years after many hikes and moons when we're 80 and we're trying to track back our lost youth. Yeah. And be like, I remember the days. But no, we decided to actually publish it and not go through that. And we were extremely flattered by people that reached out to us. Yeah, honestly, we, I, I was really surprised. Oh, no, same. But people have been really nice. We've gotten a lot of really nice messages. So thank you guys for that. Yeah. We appreciate it. Some great pointers and tips. And we're definitely still got our training wheels on Mm -hmm. and we're growing. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to equally work it out. So thank you for being patient and joining us on this journey. Yeah. And if there's ever like anything we could improve on, feel free to message us. Please let us know. We love constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. We're not egotistical maniacs. We are, in well, fact... Oh, who knows? I mean, we got a few downloads, so are we famous? <laughs> Could we be famous? How does it feel being in the presence of famous people? <laughs> That's what we should say as we enter restaurants. It's COVID. Who enters restaurants? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, we were actually very shocked and surprised. And so thank you so much for your kind words. And we're, we're going to try and get better. So join us for the ride. Yes. It's going to be an interesting one. I mean, it is episode eight, so people might have tapped out by now. How was your week? My week was good. I spent some of it on the Hallmark. Fantastic. Always fun. Yeah. Christmas movies in October. Yeah. But other than that, I haven't done too much. That's been a pretty boring week for me, which has actually been kind of nice. I like a good boring week. I like it when, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm not doing anything this weekend. I'm always like, that sounds amazing. Same. Same. I love a good weekend where I literally don't do anything. I carved a pumpkin yesterday. And that was a big Beautiful. undertaking. Uh, yeah, tough skin. Literally, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was it was tough. I think it's cute, though. Daniel's work has a pumpkin carving contest. So we're trying to see whose pumpkin we should submit into the contest. This is fun news. I hope it's mine. No offense to Daniel, he put up a good fight. How was your week? Tell me about your your time. Yeah, it, it's been good. I've been holding off a, telling you a story. Yes, I know. You've been dangling the story in front of me for like a week and a half, and every time I get close to it, you say, no, I have to wait for the podcast. I have to wait for the podcast. I've got to save the content. So my the life time is, has come. My the life is not interesting. Come. My life is not interesting, Sarah. <laughs> I have to save these moments of me fucking up at work and exposing myself. Oh, no. Or did I? You'll find out in 30 seconds. So, I was running Bondo. Yes, Bondo. We should probably say Bondo... Yeah, what it is. It's a basically a thickened adhesive. Mm-hmm. It's made of prosade, which is one of the many glues that we use when we're gluing stuff onto people's faces. Um, and then we mix it in with something called Cabasil, which is a powdery thickener. So it turns the liquidy prosade into like this whipped glue type. Yeah, it's like really nice whipped cream, kind of like a meringue, have you? Really, yeah, mm-hmm. great way of describing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it can be used for a lot of stuff. So what Ruby's describing of running Bondo means that she's filling pre-sculpted molds. Yep, silicone molds. Mm-hmm, with a layer of Bondo, and then she puts them in the freezer, the Bondo hardens, then she'll pop them out of the molds, let them dehydrate, thin the edges, and then they can be applied onto skin. Um, and they're applied just like a tattoo would be applied, 
Not yeah. a real tattoo. No. With a needle. <laughs> but a fake tattoo that you'd apply with water. As you're a kid and you'd rock up to school and be like, yeah, I'll put a tattoo at the weekend. It says, like, Happy Canada Day on it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Wait. Oh, in England it was probably something else. It was probably, like, really nice, wholesome child tattoos. <laughs> Stick-ons. Um, but, yeah, and Bondo pieces are great for cuts and scrapes and various things. So that's what I say when I'm meaning I was running Bondo. Mm-hmm. So I was running Bondo. And um, we're getting prepped for an upcoming shoot. And... Uh, I realized we'd ran out of said Bondo and it was in this giant tub and I knew that if we'd ran out of Bondo that I had to go make some more. Oh no. And I haven't made Bondo in a few years. It's a very, very easy uh, mixture. As Sarah just mentioned, it's Capacil and Prosade. Um, but where I'm working right now, I've only mixed it like in a cup quickly to like use it. Right. Where this had to be like in an industrial sized bucket. Oh my God. Um, so... My boss, Sarah Elizabeth, was like, oh, we actually have, like, a mixer for that. Um, like, you know, one of those... You have one. The cooking mixers. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are they called? Stand mixer? Yeah, yeah. You pop it in and it does all the work for you? Yes, this is what I thought. So, I get oh. my cabasil. Also, cabasil, you have to, have to, have to wear a mask. It's extremely tough. Industrial size, like, uh, respirator. Like, yeah. fitted to your face. It is really not okay to breathe this stuff in. Yeah. Um, and so though we have this big bucket of that and we go into a different section of the shop and that's where we can mix it. And we have like great ventilation for it as well. So I get set up with this mixer that Sarah showed me and, um, then we have this big batch of Prosade, my like gallon, and then I have this Cabasil thing and I'm like, okay, great. So I get my little silver bowl and I like pour it all in. And I'm like, cool, cool. Okay, so I got both parts. Awesome. And you kind of have to play it by ear when you're mixing this. Mm-hmm. You've got to just, you know, look for that meringue consistency. Um, so I was like, great, this this should be all right. And I had to make, like, a gallon bucket size full. Like, imagine, a, you know, those big ice cream with the Napoleon. He's off to get some now, I guess. <laughs> he heard. Strawberry chocolate vanilla. All three. Why not? Honey, I'm going to the store. You might not have heard that. We heard a guy on a motorbike outside. <laughs> that just was a weird tangent. Um... so yeah and i put it in the bucket and i was like great and i pressed the button and it like spun around (laughs) and all the cabasol just shot up the side and i was covered like it was all over me and it literally was everywhere over the workstation you like scrape your eyes (laughs) yeah literally (laughs) and i was like (laughs) (laughs) and then i was frantically trying to clean it and cabasil's like drifts off in the air it's as like well. super fine powdery and you can touch it and it will break into a million pieces yeah. and i was like ah like trying to scramble <laughs> and clean it all up and like clean and not let anyone notice and the thing is still like mixing it viciously and i was like great i'll add i'll add more prosade i'll add more prosade we'll thicken this up like come on come on like putting it all in and it was just everywhere like it was all over the floor all over the countertop and I was like trying to I guess my boss had heard me like scrambling and she came around the corner with her and she put her mask on and she was like oh my god <laughs> I was like Sarah I'm sorry I'm sorry turn around turn around don't I, look at me I do know what I'm doing I do know what I'm doing and then we were like both trying to tidy it up together and I was just like so embarrassed and she was like was so nice about it and I was just like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and then also a great tip if you're dealing with that and you ever come into a situation she uh, grabbed a water bottle um like a spritz water bottle and she sprayed it because it made the capsule like clump together oh yeah so she hydrated all of it so it could be an easier cleaning process and all like catch in the air she was like spraying it around 
So that was really helpful. Um, <laughs> but I, I ended up making it in the end, and it was okay. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It worked out, I guess. I'm happy you, surprised. you, you survived. Yeah, I, I didn't get fired, so. Well, that's really all that matters. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Oh, that's that's it. That's what, That was my week. That was, yeah, that, I'm still recovering. I understand. I think my, so. my lungs are probably, too. They're just, like, thickened. Probably. <laughs> Ruby's lungs are, like, meringue. Mm, mm, I can't wait. Like a nice meringue mixture. Yeah. No one will question it when I die at the age of 35. <laughs> That's like the thing I sent you. I think I sent you it on Instagram the other day, and it was like, I'm going through a midlife crisis, and it was like, George, you're 24. It was like, I'm going to die at 48. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you want to start, friend? Should yeah. we get on with this thing? I can start. So, let's talk about for my film today. Um, I'm going to give you a hint. Are you ready? Yes. Bat nipples. Bat nipples. Bat nipples. Like bat, like tiny black creature, spooky. No, I have not a clue. I don't know. I don't know. Are you talking about like a pasty that you put on an, an actor's nipple? No, but these are all really good guesses. I'll just tell you. Okay. <laughs> I feel bad now because the answer is way less intelligent than your oh. guesses. I'm doing Batman and Robin. But I'm doing... <laughs> I'm doing what? I'm doing the very like horrible Razzie Award winning version with George Clooney. Right. You know what I'm talking about? I never saw this version. Really? Mm-hmm. This was my I really liked this movie when I was like nine. Fantastic. Or like like well, however old I was. Uh looking back on it, it's definitely only going to appeal to the nine year old audience. Anyone above that age is probably like, what is this shit that I'm watching? Um, so the makeup artist for this film is jacked on. Hey guys, Buffy here from the editing room. So funny story, what you heard me just say is actually wrong. Uh, The makeup artist I'm talking about for this movie is actually Jeff Don, not Jack Don, Jeff Don. So disregard anytime I say Jack Don. Sorry about that, my bad. Assisted by Jim Cale. Um, Jack John, and uh, the makeup I'm specifically focusing on in this movie because there was a lot of great ones, mm-hmm. like Bane, Poison Ivy, played by Uma Thurman. Oh, Uma. Great one. Yeah, I know. I'm going to focus on Mr. Freeze, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger himself. A beautiful, beautiful man. That man, I actually, when I was doing the research for this, I watched a YouTube compilation of just Mr. Freeze puns made <laughs> by Arnold in the movie. And I chose my favorite for you. Okay. Do you know what killed the dinosaurs? Oh, wait, no, I have to do it in an Arnold voice. Yeah, it's like, get into the chopper. <laughs> it's like that. I think it's lower. Do you know what killed the dinosaurs? No. The Ice Age. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a, it's factual. Uh, he's just, it's just a fucking, it's just a great Imagine show. getting that script through. Oh, yeah. And Perfect for him. Honestly, well, so, and I read a thing, too, that he actually made the most money on this film, because at the time, George Clooney was just coming off of ER, so he was still, like, kind of, not, like, a, like, super household name, he was, like, kind of in the soap opera world, so, wasn't huge, and everyone else, like, Alicia Silverstone's in the movie, she plays Batgirl, nice, and she had just finished Clueless, so she was, like, kind of riding that wave of fame, but, um... Arnold had done, like, Terminator and Predator, so he was, like... He was in it. He was up there. He was... He was walking with the stars. He was. And actually, Jeff Dunn, the makeup artist from this movie, um, also did Terminator and Predator, so he's done a few movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. They were mates. They were. Maybe. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's directed by Joel Schumer, who, you're gonna love this, 
this is where my brain full circle here for you, has apologized for this film, saying his biggest regret is the bat nipples. Do you know what I'm... Have you... You haven't seen this movie. So I haven't seen it. That's why I don't get the reference. Ah, okay. Okay, I've seen the bat nipples. <laughs> Could cut glass, some would say. Aunt that, who needs a bat wing? He's like, Robin, don't worry, I have this. <laughs> With his nipple on, like, a glass window as he's cutting it. You're as like a laser. breaking in. Yeah, who needs a laser cutter? Honestly. So that was the director's biggest regret. Fair enough. I would probably regret that as well. Mm-hmm. Same. That, uh, that choice and in suit yeah so back to mr freeze the bald wonder he is so because they wanted to keep mr freeze bald as he is in the comics and arnold schwarzenegger wasn't so keen on shaving his head mm. they put him in a bald cap lovely made a foam latex Ooh. Mm-hmm. because they wanted it to be really smooth and this is also in 1997 so i don't know and i don't know if they had the budget for silicone or if they were like fair you know what i mean was so silicone even around? Right, exactly. So this would have been like foam latex's peak of time. Yeah, foam latex. Just to jump in, sorry, Buffy. Uh, oh, foam latex is also the product that, if you listen to our episode one, The Grinch, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Carrey's prosthetics were made out of foam latex. It's a very thick, opaque, lightweight, spongy, um, but very spongy and very, very opaque. But is extremely hard to color correctly when you're doing skin. Yeah. So when you're trying to make someone look human. Foam latex is not always the best option, mm-hmm. but when you're... But people did it all the they, time. People did, and it's amazing that they did, because yeah. it is it is hard. But um, foam latex is really good for creature makeup if you're painting someone as not human, mm-hmm. because you can paint it whatever color you want, and then it's it's fine. For example, the Grinch and Mr. Freeze, as he's blue. Good old Mr. Freeze. So they put the ball cap on, uh, so they covered his brows... And then they painted him with a silver metallic base and a little blue spatter there, all that stuff. Then he got contacts mm-hmm. to make him look especially metallic-y. And they painted this man all blue. Like, even his nails are, like, they put, like, metallic nail polish on his nails and stuff. And that's a big body to paint. It's a huge body to paint. Luckily, rarely is his whole body shown. I don't even think it is actually shown. His costume ranges between a 45-pound, like, freeze suit and then also this, like, robe that he wears around his, like, freeze castle. Fantastic. It's you actually you need to watch this. I movie should, I feel ashamed. It is like the most wild it's it's like you don't think that it would be a movie that would be created to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. But they did. They did do it. It's an interesting beautiful production. And actually a little I found a little a little fun thing while I was doing research. So they have a scene, they, when he's in, like, his, like, freeze suit or whatever, mm-hmm. sometimes when he talks, they like it when his, like, mouth lights up. Okay. So they're like, how are we going to do this? Let's just put a battery pack and some LED lights right in his mouth. What? Yeah. So that's what they were doing. They found this, like, they made this, like, little tiny battery pack that he could just, like, tuck into his gum. And then, yeah, it had, like, a little LED light that they would put in his mouth so that his mouth would glow when he talked. The problem was the battery pack started leaking battery acid oh, because no. it was, like, being dissolved by his saliva oh no so (laughs) that is disgusting and horrifying yeah so in like one of the takes wait are you talking about wizard of oz (laughs) yeah honestly right (laughs) (laughs) um so in one of the takes arnold's like why does my mouth taste like shit why does my mouth taste like shit what's in my mouth get in the chopper (laughs) these are so bad there are accents are really bad yeah i'm sorry we're trying really hard but um they ended up just wrapping it in a balloon and then that was their solution they got a like loose balloon they just got like a little balloon that they tucked it into and then they just 
And then that way, if it leaked acid, I mean, it couldn't leak acid because it's still alive. It couldn't touch the battery. What a beautiful, like, simple solution, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. His costume, I don't know if I mentioned this, but his suit weighed 45 pounds. No, you didn't mention that. That is horrific. Right? Another factor that is jaw-droppingly wild. I thought the foam latex bald cap was bad. Yeah, no. It's this... It's happening. This 45-minute suit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much my Mr. Freeze for you. Short and simple and beautiful. Exactly. It's just, I like to keep it nice and easy for you. I need to show you a picture of Mr. Freeze, though. Please. So this is him in his day wear, if you will, you know, out to the supermarket. Oh, You know, planning yes. his schemes. And then this is him in action. I will kill you. And he really was just a shade of blue. Yeah. You like the blue. First mistake, Mr. Freeze. I was just going to say that. I'm a fan of the colorful makeups. Actually, so funny because in my term three exam Mm -hmm. at school, we have to do like a creature makeup and then we have to use wax to kind of like alter the person's features. Yes. My character then, also blue. Sarah. I am a fan of blue. Wild. I should have been, what's that like traveling circus troupe that's all blue and they like, the blue man? I have not a clue. They're all bald. Oh no! I know what you're on about. Do they play music too? Yeah. You should join. I should. Actually, Arnold Schwarzenegger looks like he's from that group. He does, right? My favorite moment, actually, I have a lot of favorite moments in this movie. One of my favorite moments in this movie, definitely when he's like in his little life castle and he's making all of his minions who are dressed up like in like winter gear and they have like painted on like blue and like kind of like tribal. It's, it looks like very tribal. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're his, like, little minions, and he's making them sing. He's like, I'm Mr. White Christmas, I'm Mr. Snow, (laughs) and he's, like, orchestrating his, like, little minions to sing, and they're all freezing, they all have, like, frostbite, and, like, he's, like, louder, (laughs) making them sing, and then his, like, girlfriend comes, and she's wearing this, like, tiny little, like, clear dress with, like, fur around the edges of her hood, and she's got, like, these frosty eyelids and, like, frosty lips, like, Beautiful. She's like something out of like a Britney Spears music video. Yeah. Oh, you need to go watch the movie. I really do. It's a so, masterful full what? piece of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think they use for the frostbite on the minions then? I would say it was just like a, what is it? Cabasil. No, <laughs> just dry Cabasil. <laughs> it's Ruby's new favorite makeup application tip. No. <laughs> I want to say that it's ultra slime, but that's not what it is. It's definitely not ultra slime. It's made by the same people though that make ultra slime. Ultra eyes. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Ultra Ice. It's like, yeah, a bunch of products that are made by those people, like Ultra Slime, Ultra Wet, mm-hmm. Ultra Ice. And it's like basically just variations of gel consistency. Ultra Slime is like more gooey. Ultra Wet, you'd put on someone if you want them to look like they just like have come out of a pool or something. And then Ultra Ice. They're called Ultra Materials. Yeah. That's the what product is, company. Oh my God, what is that one? Ultra Sweat. Ultra, ultra sticky. sticky. Oh. And they just make good makeup effects. Yeah. Products. It's a very simple... So do you think they had that sprinkled on the little minions to create that, like, over-frosted look, like, non-believable, but... Yeah, almost chilly. Yeah, so they had it, like, probably on their eyebrows, a little bit on their nose, mm-hmm. and then, like, their fingertips were blue. But not, like, black from frostbite. It didn't no. get too extreme. No, it's, like, very theatrical. Like, it looked, like, very, like, Halloween frostbite. <laughs> nice. So, that was mine. I hope you enjoyed. I love it. Thank you for the puns. Thank you for the introduction of bat nipples. Oh, you're so welcome. <laughs> For I know what I'm being for Halloween. A just bat the nipple. nipple. <laughs> <laughs> you're 
you're just all dressed in black latex with like a giant nipple head and you're just like, what are you? I'm one off the nipples. You can be the other one. Oh, and we can say we're bat nipples. Yeah, we oh, could do that. That'd be great. It'd be a strong look. Also, another thing I thought about being for Halloween this year, uh, I recently got into roller skating and my boyfriend's a really good skater. He's like played hockey his whole life, so he's a pro on roller skates. We have roller skates now. Daniel's hair is long and curly. My hair is now blonde. I really want to be Blades of Glory. This could happen for you. Right? And I can be, like, in, like, the blue, like, leotard. Yes. And Daniel can be Will Ferrell. Yes. (laughs) This could be a very strong look. I think it'd be great. I'm sad that there's not going to be any Halloween costume, like, parties this year. I know. Otherwise, you would have crushed it. I would have wrecked him. You would have just rolled straight in in, like, some magnificent pose. We could have, like, learned their routine. Mm-hmm. Just in the middle of, like, some tiny, like, 500-square <laughs> like apartment. Like, <laughs> or a grungy bar. <laughs> Either or. Fantastic. I'm picturing, like, the bourbon atmosphere. Mmm. With the cage? Yes. Do they still have the cage? They got rid of the cage. Oh, it's a bar in Gastown in Vancouver. So that was mine. Good old Mr. Freeze. I hope you enjoyed. It was short and sweet. Just how I like my spring rolls. Oh, nice. Okay, take it away. Here I am. Ready. I feel like I'm about to do some spoken word poetry. We're like sat opposite (laughs) looking into each other's eyes. (laughs) Nightfall. Wind blow. Me love. You. (laughs) Danger. Face. No, I actually got really into spoken word poetry when I was younger. Listening. On YouTube, not performing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, wow, interesting. When you were younger, how old were you performing your spoken word poetry? <laughs> no, I got really into listening to it. It's really powerful. It is really powerful. Mm-hmm. And then everyone snaps at the end. There's yeah. actually a cafe on my neighborhood, in my neighborhood. Really? Just like spoken word slime poetry night. Not okay. anymore, obviously, since COVID, but they That's used awesome. to. It was really fun. I wrote a slam poetry. Oh. A slam poem. <laughs> a slam poem tree. Pom pom. In grade 12. And it was super embarrassing. And it was right in front of the school. And sometimes late at night when I'm cringing and I like to go through all of my like worst moments throughout my life. It's most of them concentrated in my high school years. It's fun how that happens to you. Yeah. That as you're about is, to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, let me just pull up that memory of when I was 16 and said something really stupid. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that. Uh, well, if it makes you feel any better... When I was in grade four, I wrote a poem, and it was called Weakness. Oh my god. And it got read out in assembly, and I thought it was amazing, and I was like, I am a hero. I am. (laughs) (laughs) It is me. I am a prophecy in this tiny school. Well, it didn't stop my fire. (laughs) Nope. Burn strong, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, I think one of my lines was, weakness is rustling in trees and hearing mothers call for their lost children. It was something like oh my God, when you were in grade four. Yeah, it's like something very sinister, just unusual. One would say it explains my therapy. Mm, okay, my eye twitch has come back as I started talking about it. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, let's bury that. Bury that back down. Bury that back down, Jake. I haven't brought that up since grade four. Oh, actually, while we're just on this beautiful tangent. I was listening to Ep 1, and because this is the first recording since Ep 1, because we're organized and nothing's relevant and we don't know what we're doing. And we're all over the place. Who needs continuity? Uh, And we're talking about Cassie, and we say the word prostitute um, when we're talking about her character, Alabama. Um, The correct terminology is sex worker. Mm. And I have learned that since recording the first episode back in March. Good. I'm happy that we... So I just want to shout that out and call myself out and say that Prostitute is not the correct term. It is a sex worker. 
Nice work. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm doing the war film Fury. Nice. Have you seen it? I have not. We both haven't seen each other's films. I love it. Professional. <laughs> we know we know exactly what's happening this all is, the time. This is the risk you want run when surprising. So yes, I am doing the war film Fury. Mm. Mm-hmm. It is about a fictional tank crew during the final days of World War II in Europe. They are in a state of combat fatigue. Combat fatigue. Get to the chopper. <laughs> combat fatigue. So, yours is almost Italian. <laughs> I know. It's really an insult to everyone involved. Sorry. <laughs> um, so the film was shot mainly in Oxford, England, and it was released in October 2014. And during the filming in November 2013, the film caused quite the controversy. Oh, I love controversy. I know you do. You, you know saucy I love bitch. the tea. Oh. <laughs> a peaky bitch <laughs> lost <laughs> um yeah so they were shooting a scene on remembrance day in which and the scene involved the extras wearing ss uniforms bad choice not great not no, a great time could have picked a different day yeah um and poor it was, choice poor, it was poor exterior so oh, people see yeah very visible not great guys david air uh was the <laughs> frederick david air was the <laughs> director and he apologized for the incident and sony who was distributing it putting money into it whatever they made an apology as well basically oh good so so the cast of this film was uh good old brad pitt brad pitt Mm -hmm. oh yeah logan lerman right shia also the guy that's the punisher i've forgotten his name he's also in walking dead him there's a group of great male strong actors in it uh, but Shia did, Shia LaBeouf did call some uh, headlines, have you? He got a healthy tooth removed for the part. Doesn't that, call for it. That is dedication, Doesn't call for me. it in the script. Nope, he just was like, you know what, my character won't have a tooth. He's been in war forever. Method is heck. Wow, that is, I mean, yeah, way to embrace the role. Yeah, so he, and a dentist wouldn't do it, so some, like, guy down an alley did <laughs> The dentist is like, I'm not going to pull your good tooth. Yeah, he's got a fake one in now. Uh, also, he refused to wash during the filming, and apparently the first day of filming, all the cast were being processed in the makeup trailer, and Shia was very apparently not happy, and Logan Lerman tried to be like, Shia, you're fine, just giving some confidence. comforting. Yeah. And then Shia, he was like, I don't think the makeup looks believable enough, so after being processed, he stepped out of the trailer and then cut his own face, and then throughout the duration of filming, kept recutting and opening the wounds for continuity. That is dedication to a role. He also apparently stayed in a different hotel because, like, a lot of the cast and crew couldn't stand him because he was so into it. Wow. But who knows, right? Because media are lowing, lying low lives. <laughs> um, but being the makeup artist processing Shia and him being like, this isn't believable enough, I would have 100% cried. So would I. I'd have, like, snuck into the honey I cry way less, so. Mm-hmm. Hidden in the bathroom and shed many tears. The honey wagon is not a wagon that... Produces honey. On set. It's uh, where the AD, the assistant director, is the paperwork trailer, if you will. And usually the bathrooms are attached to it. Ruby is saying she'd cry in the bathroom. I have cried in a honey wagon. Oh, me too. Many Multiple times. Multiple times. So, yeah, this isn't a Winnie the Pooh storyline where we go out and get our honey <laughs> from a honey I'm going to go to the honey wagon. The worst is when you're in the tiny little cubicle bathroom and you have, like, your set bag, the other bags, mm-hmm. the walkie. Your puffer coat. And you're like, I just need to go pee and cry, but I have so much things on me. Yeah, and you're trying to maneuver in this tiny room, and the heating's always on full blast in there. It's like 45 degrees. Well, it's really helpful when it is cold outside, but you're like, yeah. oh! <laughs> 
So yeah, that would have been me. But honestly, I don't think it was an insult to the I. If I hope the makeup artist realized that Shia probably made up his mind, then nothing would be believable enough unless it was the real deal. Yeah. So it probably wasn't even their fault. Like I feel like if he's pulling a tooth out for the role, he's already decided that this is the way he wants to look, and this yeah. is how he's gonna do it. Also, speaking of the makeup designer, who was the makeup designer? Alessandro Bartolossi. Mm. Uh-huh. Fancy. Um, or if we haven't any Italian listeners, don't judge. I know. Horrific pronunciation because he is an Italian man. Mm. Yes. Um, he is an Italian and his credits date back to the late 80s. Wow. He has also been a sh- has had a strong relationship with David Ayer, the director, and they work together frequently. He is um, an Iazzi 706, fluent in Italian, English, and French. Wow, in what a man. Mm-hmm. In 2018, he won the Oscar at the 89th Academy Awards for Suicide Squad. He won, oh, he did the makeup for Suicide Squad. And I remember this win being quite controversial. Mm. Because it was also going up against Star Trek Beyond. Oh, that was the same year. Do you remember that year? I do. Mm-hmm. I didn't, oh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I found that little tidbit out. I was mm. like, mm. is that what they say, tidbit? Tidbit? Yeah, I say that. Oh. Like Timbit? No, t- well... Like t- Tim the Donut? Like um, Tidbit and then Timbit. Mm, similar. Dangerously similar. similar. Oh, yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. That's what they do. That's what they... Why is it called a Timbit? Do you think it has something to do with like a play on words on Tidbit? I guess. I don't know. My brain capacity is not there today. <laughs> not ever. I'm never there to dissect the inner workings of the Tim Hortons franchise and no. why they do what they do. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they were that. Go- I remember that year very distinctively about yeah, Star right. Trek. That was two thousand and sixteen, right? The, the Oscars. That yeah, year? sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, it would have been two thousand seventeen Oscars. Yes, January. It came out in yeah, yeah. That makes sense. But yeah, I remember that being a heavily talked about debate within the makeup community in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Joe Harlow, who was the makeup designer on Star Trek, made like seven, uh, like fifty two different breeds of new alien. Yeah for it well they had like almost every single makeup artist in vancouver working on star trek really but anyway back to bertolossi i read a short interview with him and i loved his answer for this uh question um it was just like a generic like interview about who he was and what he did and after his win um at the oscars and there was one question that said what made you leave italy and choose london so i guess that's where he resides mm-hmm. oh maybe suicide school was in london anyway that's not about that um and he put the weather, the bus, the opportunities, the respect. Aww. That was it. That's so Italian. The bus. <laughs> yeah, so I like that. So uh, Brad Pitt was in the movie, as I mentioned, playing a character nicknamed War Daddy. His personal makeup and hair artist uh, is Jean Anne Black, and she worked on it too. Uh, she's known and worked with Brad Pitt for 30 years, and done over they've done over 40 films together. She worked with him before Thelma and Louise. Wow. So yeah. he's brought her, like, from when he was, like, not even, like... He was getting small roles on films. Like, yeah. He was, he was climbing the ladder, yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. What a loyal... Mm. I'm not sure when they became pers- Like, she became his personal along that time frame. Yeah. But they are very close friends, too. And he actually renovated her house for her. I love that. <laughs> yeah, like, he got a company and put money into it and, like, surprised her and renovated her house. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, so it's really sweet. So War Daddy had some, I'm just going to call him War Daddy from now on, 
it would be another <laughs> film reference. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, War Daddy was in that one. Um, so he, I'm going to talk about his makeup. Um, so he had some small Bondo transfers on his face and along with blood and dirt and a lot of splattering and layers. And he also had a scene where these wicked blood streaks are running down half his face. And during that, I distinctively remember watching Fury a couple of years ago and seeing, like, when he gets, like, splattered and it's this, like, war sequence. And they have this, like, Jean Anne Black did this beautiful, just, like, she already had the layers on of dirt and blood and past, like, weeks of, it looked like weeks of layering Mm -hmm. for this character. And then he had these amazing, like, blood dripping down his face. And I remember being like, yeah, get it! (laughs) Being like, I fucking love that blood dressing! (laughs) Woo! I'm on fire! (laughs) Yeah. I really, really, yeah, I like seeing a good dirt application so and like blood and layering. And then also the continuity of that is so fun to keep up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was just me kind of nerding out. Yeah, I love the grimy dirt applications. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he had a lot of little character traits going on. And all of them, not just uh, War Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> there was also a lot uh, of other characters that just had many layers of splattering and dirt. Like, these guys have lived in this makeup. They've been... It was right at the end of World War Two. that's when it's set. So there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. They've been out in the field for a while. And their hygiene and body... And would be bottom of the skin, list of priorities, for sure. Yep, it'd be staying alive. Top. <laughs> um, but he does have an extensive scarring on his back. Visible when he removes his shirt during the scene in the German apartment. The image I saw of this was made from silicone. Like, I saw it of the piece itself like being prepped it was like prepped and ready for application mm-hmm. and it was made of silicone and it was around 23 inches in length and had been pre-painted i really enjoyed the little moles they put put all over it and if you if you zoom in ever so slightly you can really see the beautiful like freckling and moles and textures wow. that the person that painted it put it in um what would have wouldn't what wasn't jean it was made by christian tinsley Oh, okay. Another beautiful makeup artist, I believe. Um, and well, I, I hope I'm getting this right, but then I'm guessing that they got the prosthetic. It came from the Tinsley Studios. Well, he was the one who kind of started Bondo Transfers. Like, yes. Bondo Transfers were originally, before they were Bondo Transfers, were Tinsley Transfers. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> I'd say. Uh, so yeah, he made the silicone prosthetic. That wasn't a Bondo piece, just to clarify. That was a huge back piece yeah. that he was named for making. But he wasn't credited for it. What sucks. Yeah. On the credits. And that is at producer discretion. So shame on you. Imagine. <laughs> uh, so what I really adore is all the artist dirt applications that I previously mentioned and the fantastic layering. It looks like it's in every crease of these performers. But Alossi also worked on The King, and I could go off on another huge tangent about how much I love that film mm-hmm. and also a fantastic dirt application in that one as well. And he's just really captured, like, that worked in dirt. Like, every crease, every crevice, and then, like, the sweat that comes down onto it. And not ma- it just, like, doesn't look like makeup. At all. It's what is so your job? Hard. Yeah, and it's, it's like, hard to do that. Like, it's hard to make the dirt look real sometimes. Mm-hmm. And especially when you want it to look like that, like, cakey, heavy dirt. Because there's a fine line between, like, when you're applying, like, those kinds of dirt makeups, it's really easy to, it all of a sudden, it starts to just look like smeared cream paint yes. on someone's face. So no. it's really hard to get it to look like 
this is someone who hasn't bathed in like three weeks and they've been living in mud for three weeks absolutely but it's like maybe they have tried to clean themselves in places yeah so it's like smeary some places like like the hands might be smeary there might be dirt like left in between the fingers but maybe like the palms are a bit more clean or like whatever but yeah and I just think that they really embodied that lived in dirt and there's many layers and there's many products used. Like, they definitely used illustrators and alcohol-based paints. Mm-hmm. And they definitely used creams for that. And there was other, like, different ones. Like, probably a great dirt that I love that's really quick is what we learned from Van Helsing with Jen Kaminsky. That if you mix a powder dirt with hand sanitizer, it's such a quick application. Ah, sani dirt. Sani dirt. Love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And there was just very apparent, like, if you really look at the detail, you can see all those layers of that dirt and then the blood splattering and then the continuity as well was so impressive yeah yeah because that's another thing with with dirt is like especially when it's pre-long like this wasn't they were out in the battlefield the whole film and they're going from different places and there's this one scene where they're in this german apartment what brad pitt's back oh war daddy's back (laughs) scar is shown and i think he's maybe bathing in that scene or like lightly washing himself but that's it like there's these guys are pretty much, like, looking like animals by the end of it. Yeah. But, yeah, they didn't do it. It didn't look comical, and it just looked fantastic. And they definitely sprayed and splatted and painted and layered. And one of my very humble observations that I feel like maybe they used, or maybe, I, I mean, I would probably use, because whenever I do dirt application, I like to have, um, I like to kind of do a rough outline of what I'm doing with dirt, and then break it up with 99% alcohol and Q-tips, so mm-hmm. saturating that q-tip and, and you just throw and just, the q-tip over it i do the same thing yeah and then just break up the dirt or like getting a torn manipulated latex sponge or non-latex and picking at it and uh like stippling over to get those like bumps and edges and blending sometimes i like to do on the hands i'll get with sandy dirt especially i'll get the actor to rub the sandy dirt all over their hands yes and then i'll take a baby wipe that mm-hmm. I'll put some alcohol on. I, my next thing was and ah, then I'll get a wet nice. wipe. Yeah, and, and I, I just like dab it and like rub it and it makes it just look more like... And scrunch up the wet yeah, wipe. Yeah, exactly. So it looks like and you go like choo-choo-choo. Patchy and... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all over. Great lines. <laughs> <laughs> and if you Peaky get like... <laughs> Here we are. Um, and if you get the right spray bottle as well, that's, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know about you, but I have like a favorite spray bottle that is like my br- blood spray and it just sprays I also, the yeah, right amount that isn't too impactful, but I, I can trust it. And yeah, there, there was just a lot of different techniques used or like, you know, cut chip brushes is another one and like mm-hmm. splattering. I just feel like there was just such a beautiful layering throughout all of it. And that takes time to do all that layering and that's. You know, it's intentional dirt without it making and without making it look intentional. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also another thing I noticed they had black oil streaks over them because they're also a tank crew, and they're operating machinery and. So um, they would have been touching things. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also like this very oily substance on some of their faces and hands and stuff. So it was just like another material that was embedded into their characters and skin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just the balance of layers, too, and the movie progressing and the characters not having washed in a while, like we said, and they still had stuff from their original establishing looks that they carried through to the final end of the film. And just seeing the scenes unravel and the further events happen, these makeup layers grow, and the addition into continuity was just fantastic to watch. So I felt that Alessandro Bertolozzi did a really great job with dictating that. And if you haven't seen The King, that's another beautiful war film. Also, Timothy Chalamet, Robert Patterson. 
Love you both. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, French kiss. No, chef's kiss. Not French kiss. Yeah, I feel like he is a master of mud application, and he did a great job. And he's obviously an extremely established makeup artist and an Oscar-winning makeup artist, and he seems like a sweet Italian man. And then Gina and Black for doing a beautiful application on... Sweet, sweet war daddy. Sweet, sweet war daddy. But I also want to give a huge shout-out because this was an extremely big background film with a mm. lot of extras calling for huge BG days out in the rain and, like, countryside of England. Like, 99% of the shots are exterior. Mm. So there would have been so many background artists that work on that. And so makeup and hair and all the additional costumers and grips and lighting and camera team that were involved. Like, this, these were huge camera days with big rigs and a lot of needed extra support. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, like, shout out them for doing... We see you. We, we love s- the work. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of it. I would really recommend watching it. I think it's definitely one of my favorite war films. And, yeah. That's I love me. It. That's Fury. Should we do... We thought we would do a product of the episode kind of thing for this episode product of the episode for this episode <laughs> yeah this day um so we're gonna talk about eve saint laurent's to i'm gonna i'm gonna butcher the name okay. of it should we start again? I, I just call it the right. gold pen concealer but its actual name is it's by eve saint laurent and it's called touche eclat and it's touché like a, eclat. touché eclat um and <laughs> all the french canadians are like they're just like oh, shut the fuck up the Italians and the French, great. Gone. They're Lost gone. those ones. Yep. Um, but it's a really great kind of like pinky undertone concealer. It's great for brightening the eyes. You can put a little bit on the inner corner. It hides any kind of like blue tone or like dark under eyes beautifully. It also has some hyaluronic acid in it, which is really good for hydrating the skin. Also reduces the look of wrinkles. Love that. If you want to love that. If you want to love that. I think aging is a privilege. It's a beautiful. And the culture about aging should change, but that's what the pen helps with. And it's, I mean, and hyaluronic acid is naturally produced in our bodies anyway, so it's really great for the skin. It kind of, it's like one of those moisturizers that helps the skin to retain its moisture without making it feel oily or trapping oil. I also heard that for the Titanic, the makeup Mm -hmm. artist done that. Um, used this Yves Saint Laurent product um, on various dark spaces on um, Kate Winslet's face that would just really pump up and brighten. I mean, she was a beautiful young actress, but they wanted that, like, glowing sensation coming off of her mm-hmm. when Jack first sees her in the movie. And they make a bunch of different undertones. So depending on the undertone of your skin, if it's blue or if it's you've got more of an olive undertone, they've got a shade that will, like, highlight your tone best. It's a really awesome little pen. It is. So that is our product of the mm-hmm. week. I want to say we just, we heard some good things that people liked little tips of the week and fun facts of the week. So we're going to try to do that every now and again. We don't know much. Well, I don't know much. Buffy probably knows a lot more than me. I uh, wouldn't say that, but thank you very much. <laughs> but something that I think, I mean, a lot of people already know this because there's so much information. But if you have a very uh, deep brown undertone, especially under your eyes, mm-hmm. for example, like in those darker spaces, like a coral like color can really help bump up if we're talking about lighting areas just to lead on yeah from Yves Saint Laurent's pen yeah I find that I used like a mac uh, coral I think that it was called burnt what is it called 
burnt coral (laughs) from Mac. And I put it under an actor's eyes the other day and they were like a brownie undertone. And I layered that thinly and I see, and we like to, I like to do a thin application of that. And then I like to like very lightly powder. And then I go over with color matching to their skin and going over it. So obviously there isn't just that coral left there, but it just helps like adjust the skin tone to achieve that brightness look Mm -hmm. overall. This color correcting technique in the drag community, for their like five o'clock shadows or their, their beard, beard their beard shadows because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. beard tone a lot of the time is like a blue men's facial hair usually has like that bit of a blue tinge especially yeah. when it's just starting to grow in and mm-hmm. because coral is an orange yeah they cancel each other out yeah i guess it's about That's knowing nice. your skin and knowing what colors are going to suit your skin so yeah there's our uh product of the week and our fun fact and tip of the week you yeah. probably already knew that though but why not mention color correcting bada boom bada bing <laughs> All right, let's wrap this baby up. <laughs> my eye twitch isn't going away. I've not spoken with poetry I need to get on. Oh, my God. Thanks so much for tuning in again. Thanks, guys. New episode. Um, if you haven't already and you want more blush and stuff, more Ruby and Sarah, not mm-hmm. that you you probably don't, but if you do, uh, we've got an Instagram and a Twitter page, so you can follow us um, on Instagram at blush and stuff pod and on Twitter at blush and stuff underscore pod. We post a little bit of, you know, our updates there, some fun life things. And also photos from the applications we're talking about. Yeah, if you ever want to know what some of the makeups we talk about look like. And we're doing this now because our Facebook and, not Facebook, our Twitter and Instagram (laughs) have launched. So we're going to start trying promoting that a little bit on here and butchering it every time. Um, we should also thank our very lovely cover art was yes. made by a beautiful artist in Vancouver named Sarah Joni. Um, thank you, you can Sarah. Check... Yes. Thank you so much. We love it. Her Instagram page will be in the show details. And our cute little jingle that you're about to listen to any second now, we are going to end, I promise, <laughs> is made by Stefan Cowley. And you're going to listen to that right now. Bye. Bye.